Almost as if the newborn knew it was about to be separated from its mother, the baby started to scream again. Agonizing seconds stretched as the uniformed men snatched the child. Faith stirred. Despite what she'd been through, she had to take action. Tapping into her last reserves of strength, she pushed herself out of bed. When her naked feet hit the icy floor, they left a trail of blood in their wake. The nurse and doctor tried to stop her, but they shrank away, scared by her intensity. A dark fire burned inside of her, a primal instinct honed by thousands of years of human evolution. She managed to take a few weak steps before the exertion took its inevitable toll. Her legs gave out and she crumpled, head hitting the freezing tile with a dull smack. She wrenched her neck and looked up through a cloud of tears. Her words shook the room with maternal anguish as the uniformed kidnappers vanished through the door. The world slipped out of focus, growing fuzzy around the edges. Please, don't let them take my baby. Please. Faith's eyes snapped open. Her body spasmed and her lungs inhaled sharply. The scene in the hospital room had been a dream, an old memory hungry for attention. She was not sprawled on the hospital floor any longer, but instead found herself suspended upright inside a metal-reinforced glass cylinder. A tangled mass of tubes extended from her body like artificial umbilical cords. She was naked except for a tank top and shorts. Her hands came up and she realized there wasn't enough room to shift her position. Groggy and doing her best to shake off her confusion, she stared through the glass lid of her high-tech coffin at the world beyond. The glass distorted her view, and she could barely make out a cavernous maze of metal and glass and shadows. Where was she? What was going on? A growing physical discomfort put a halt to her questions. Each breath had become an ordeal, and she gasped for air. Inside the chamber, oxygen levels must have dropped below an acceptable level. Her arms twisted in the confined space, and she pushed her hands against the cylinder's glass surface, pressing. A fierce struggle ensued, but yielded little result. The tube didn't budge. How was she going to get out of this contraption? Claustrophobia took hold, control threatening to slip away once more. She started pounding the glass. Her parched mouth couldn't form the words echoing through her mind. Let me out of here! Her moment of sheer terror was mercifully cut short. There was a sudden explosion of escaping gas, and the lid of the cryotube slid open with a hiss. The cables popped off her body and retracted into the wall of the cryo chamber. Faith stumbled out of the open glass cylinder and collapsed on her knees. She greedily sucked in air. As the oxygen revitalized her, she hazarded a look at the now-empty cryotube and realized it was just one out of many such tubes. The room was filled with hundreds of identical glass cylinders, each containing the silhouettes of men and women. The sight brought further clarity to her jumbled thoughts snapping her memory into sharp focus. Ten years had passed since she gave birth to her daughter. She wasn't on Earth anymore, but aboard the Orion, a colony barge headed for the main belt asteroids, a 134-million-mile, one-year journey. She had chosen to leave everything she knew behind to start a new life in the outer colonies. Paul, the young man she'd dated for what seemed like a minute before she decided to sign up with the mining corporation, had frowned at her when she first brought up the idea of moving to the asteroid belt. Why would anyone take a chance on a rock millions of miles away from home? The answer was clear to her, even if Paul might not appreciate it. 
Maybe home had nothing to offer them. Faith stood in the dark for another moment, eyes adjusting to the subdued lighting, reassured by her growing understanding of her situation. Taking in the maze of sleeping colonists around her, she couldn't help but wonder why she was awake. The most likely explanation was a timer issue with her capsule. The grim alternative was an onboard emergency of some kind. But if that were the case, wouldn't every one of the 4,000 passengers on the Orion be awake by now? Her premature return to consciousness had to be a glitch, and glitches could be fixed. As far as Faith was aware, the ship was run by a skeleton crew, the captain and about 15 other essential personnel, while most of the colonists remained in deep hibernation. All she had to do was locate an intercom system, put in a call to the bridge and let them know what was going on. With any luck, they'd be nice enough to tuck her back in and let her catch up on her beauty sleep for the remainder of their journey. Surprisingly,